Okay. Um, <laughs> that's good to know. So are you, I know one of the things that you are advertising a lot in your uh, programs is the ability to get on-site, actual hands dirty kind of experience. Yeah. Is, is that something you're still able to provide right now with your, with the new site? Um, yes. We ha since the pandemic, we have not had any intern physically come in to okay. this day. We've done everything remotely and it's actually even better because you don't have to pay for a flight and a hotel and all that stuff. Uh, and it's a breast cancer study, which we only started offering that uh, right around the pandemic, actually, like a little before the pandemic. So you basically can do more internship without traveling by doing our breast cancer study. Uh, they're basically junior CRAs doing IMV reports. Okay. But instead of like doing one IMV report for all the patients, because we have a lot of patients in this study, we, we do one IMV report per patient. That's the only difference between like what you do as a CRA when you go out and what our interns do is, hey, focus on patient two. Your report is going to be all about patient two. Your next one's going to be all about patient three and so on. Okay. That's definitely good stuff. And of course, you know, we all know this industry is all about experience. It's not really about your fancy degrees and all this stuff. It's all about experience. So really, I don't even recommend you spend a dime on anything unless they've given you experience. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's how why... to spot a scam. That's actually how to spot a scam in this industry is, you know, do, I saw like the other day, Monica sent me a link to some program I never heard of pay 300 bucks and get certified as a CRA. That's nonsense. <laughs> you and I know that's nonsense, right? Yeah, I... But somebody who's just learning doesn't know it's nonsense. They think that there's actually a certification. You're right. I mean, I get emails all the time about what certification should I go get? And the reality is you really just need experience. I mean, because they're going to give you all the certifications you need once you start working anyway. That's right. Um, ACRP, they usually think ACRP and Soaker, but those places are not meant for entry level. Like they right. don't want to talk to you. Right. They don't want to hear about you until you're like two or three years in. Exactly. I mean, you can't even take the exam, I think, uh, for one of, one of them until you've had some years of experience. Yeah, it's almost like it's an hour. At the time I looked, it's an hour. It basically translates into like three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, where people are getting this, this information from, I guess it's, it's the marketing <laughs> of these big companies, but it's a bad word of mouth. You know, yeah. there's good viral marketing and there's bad viral marketing. And in this case, I see a lot of this bad viral mark. I also see a lot of scams where people are training CRAs and they're doing their CVs for them on companies that don't even exist. And they're putting like senior CRA on their resume. And then they come to me and say, hey, I just want to do your internship. But hear me out. Here's why I don't need your academy because I'm a senior CRA. Here's my resume. So <laughs> I used to get curious. So I would Zoom like we are right now. Yeah. And I would say, okay, well, what's 1572? What's IRB approval? They're like, huh? What, what are you talking about? Right. I'm like, how are you a senior CRA? You don't know the basics. The basics. That's the absolute basics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, senior, even like a clinical research assistant first week on the job would know what that is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of scams out here and there's a lot of fake CRAs, but I think um, the companies are really starting to crack down on it now. Yeah. Um, I know the there's company... actually a list. There's a list of fake companies. It's a long list. I know this recruiter who told me that and I'm like, hey, check if my company's on there. 
it's not. <laughs> so far, it's not, but it's only a matter of time because of what I started seeing, ECRG, I almost said your name. What I started <laughs> seeing is on LinkedIn, this person that was interested in the CRA Academy messaged me. So I looked at their profile and they put that they're a senior CRA for my company. Like on their LinkedIn, I told them, man, you're going to get me blacklisted. Like, you can't do that. You need to take that off right away. Right. You, you can't be doing that. That's messed up. They're about to yes, get you in is. trouble. <laughs> they are. It's a good thing I know a few recruiters. So if we do get on that list, they'll tell me and then I can tell them, hey, no, no, take us off. There you go. There you go. So uh, let me let me ask you this. The pandemic, obviously, has been the talk of the town the past you know year and a half or so. Um, and I think last time when we uh, we talked a couple weeks ago, we talked about it uh, mainly from the, you know, the CRO and sponsor side of things, how it was affected. Um, and especially, you know, I'm a CRA, so I talked about it, you know, remote visits and remote monitoring and that kind of stuff. But from the site perspective, how how did sites typically handle, um, you know, the change to the remote monitoring, less CRA monitoring um, on site and, you know, even not even being able to go on site. How did how did your sites handle that? And then can you speak to largely like how sites, I guess, nationwide handled that? Yeah, I mean, I think people started getting scared around March, panicking around April, May, and then June, things started getting back to normal. But it was like a false hope because the second wave came as oh, we yeah. all know oh, yeah. in the winter. But since that June of last year, monitoring's back. Like, I mean, you know, you you go to sites now, right? Like most of them, yeah. Most sites, like the ones that won't let you in, are usually the academic medical centers. Yeah. But the smaller sites, like the ones that I own or consult for, I mean, they prefer in-person visits, and you know, they prefer the monitors to come in rather than the remote monitoring. Almost, it's almost a hundred percent of the cases where they prefer that. So, from June of 2020 till present i think monitoring's back to normal and sites sites only had to really adapt for like three months or so okay did did you notice any issues with like funding as opposed as opposed to like getting paid for in-person visits versus remote visits was there like a funding decrease or anything like no. that no no the budget stayed the same so it was just you know the monitor with sdv remotely as opposed to coming in usually sites get paid when the monitor sdv and then confirm the visits so then that usually triggers a payment so whether they do that inside or remotely it doesn't really matter um but i do know a lot of sites increased requested a extra budget uh extra overhead due to the extra cleaning that they had to do um oh, I especially see. in the midst of covid like they had to hire professional like medical grade cleaners um the materials was more expensive as you know the materials harder to find yeah i mean try finding lysol or any hospital grade disinfectant yep in like april of last year impossible <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they they asked for increase in overhead and i think a lot of the sites have been able to continue getting that overhead um chris does most of the budgets but i talked to him enough now and definitely with my new clinic out here in yuma uh, he's negotiating the budgets for us. So we're, yeah, we're asking for, and we're taking all those precautions too. Okay. That's good to know. 